yes people and we're back with another episode of on the duty and we've got marvin sordell in the building what's going on bro not a lot man not a lot you good yeah good no you you actually good yeah you yeah i'm good bro you've been through a lot so i'm just checking yeah um before i forget obviously the olympics are on now and mm. you represented team gb in the olympics something that probably won't happen again how was that for you uh i mean incredible experience you know it's more so to look back on i guess because and I say this to people when they ask me because I get asked it a fair amount. And at the time, it was just chaos. And like being a football player in that environment is so different to being a football player at any other time. You know, you, you don't travel as much. You're not having to move around so quickly and do things such a, at such a quick pace. And yeah. you're not surrounded by so many people all the time. You know, whereas normal footballing environment, you have your hotel, you have your base, especially in a tournament. You have your hotel, you have your base. And even if you're going to, you know, you're having to travel after a few days to another game, you then see travel, then you have your own hotel, you have your own base yeah. and everything is just locked down. So you, it's very calm. It's very relaxing in the Olympics. You travel, but the hotel and the, the base that you're in, all of the other teams stay with, in, in that same place. <laughs> okay. So like you think you're, you're going down to breakfast and you know, we're paying, I don't know, we're playing Uruguay in the evening and like walking, going in the lift and like Luis Suarez is standing there and you're like, <laughs> right, <laughs> this, be, is, this is weird. I'm going to be smashing you later. <laughs> or not me. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was the Olympic Village, isn't it? We were in Olympic Village for a bit as well. So we were in, obviously our games were in different places. Okay, so okay. Our first game was in Manchester at Old Trafford. Our second game was at Wembley. Our third game was at Cardiff. And to be fair, luckily we stayed Um at the same place because the quarters were in Cardiff as well. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I saw you tweet about an, you know the Olympian that um quit yeah. for for a mental health. Do you think that could have helped you like during your time, like to take time off and be selfish and be like, look, I'm gonna take time off to recharge my battery and stuff like. That. Isn't that something you could have done? I tried to. <laughs> Serious. So when I was 21, I, or 21, 22, around that age, and I was talking about this a lot, and um. So I was seeing a therapist at the time and, you know, she, well, therapist, psychologist, I don't want to downplay her title because it's, I know <laughs> yeah. she was a doctor. So she okay. was, you know, she, she had a lot of experience and I'd, I'd been seeing her for, I don't know, a few weeks, few months or something at this point. And she said, I think you need to, to take some time off. You need to go to the Priory. And, you know, for anyone who doesn't know what the Priory is, it's for, oh, yeah. no, that for is. people who are in a real bad way. And I was like, well... What, like, what does that mean? What does that entail? She said, well, I think to start with, you know, go go there for a couple of weeks. We can have sessions, like, more intense, more on a, obviously, more regular basis. So yeah. as opposed to it being once a week for an hour, you know, maybe a couple of hours every day, you know, or spread throughout the day or whatever. And it's on a consistent basis throughout a period of time. Yeah. And I said to her, I can't do that. I can't just take two weeks off. I'm a professional football player. No, how am I supposed to just go? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm. I'll, I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> and these guys are. Can't give you, you know, they're leave, they're paying me, whatever they're paying me. Like they pay me a decent wage, and they. It was that when I was at Bolton at the time, and they okay. paid a good transfer fee for me. Like, on. So. Wait, wait, wait. I was like, you don't want to say how much he was on, no? What wages? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, that's 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 Christ, Sorry, man. Just, <laughs> just just testing the words. Just testing the words. <laughs> no, nah, so at this point, I'm just like. I don't think it's possible, but I'll ask. Yeah. I, was, I never had the intention to ask because I knew the answer was going to be, what do you mean? Of course not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
lay down the line. Like, it must have been a couple of months later. And, and at this point, I'd not, I'd obviously said to the doctor, I'd said to her, I don't think this is possible, whatever. She's gone, right, that's fine. But, you know, let's just, just work towards it kind of thing. So she said, come in, instead of having our sessions at the office where, or where it's, where it's called, where we normally have them come yeah. into the priory and have, we'll have our actual sessions there just to so make they, you. They wanted you to travel, she wanted you to travel from Bolton to the priory. So the priory, there's, cause there's multiple priories oh, okay, in the country. Cool, cool. So. I, I know the one like in South London. That's yeah. yeah so there's that. one, there's, there's, there was one like not that far away, like in Cheshire somewhere. Okay, cool. So it wasn't, and I was living in Manchester, so okay, it wasn't, cool. it wasn't too bad. So it wasn't, it make a huge amount of difference travel wise. So she just said basically to help you feel a bit more comfortable in this environment, because I know that people here prior and it's like something just pings in your mind. You're like, yeah. oh, that's a red flag. I don't want to, I don't want to, I just don't want to be involved in that because, you know, personally I might not be ready for that or whatever. So she was like, just come, you know, you might feel a bit more comfortable having our sessions here and then later down the line, you can make a decision. I don't know what's happened, but <laughs> a couple of months later, I'd, I'd had like maybe two, three sessions there and then gone back to carrying on in the office. And uh, my mum calls me one day and bearing in mind at this point, I hadn't spoken to anyone about what's going on. Yeah. Not even my mum. And she's gone, uh, I just had a call from the chairman. I was like, well, what's, what do you mean? Like, I, for a start, at this point, I don't even really know who the chairman is. <laughs> so I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what, what have I done? Yeah. Like, my first thought, like, I have no idea what's going on. And she's gone, um, you know, he just said to me that you need to, you need to be concentrating more on your football. Um, you need to stop all this uh, going on on Twitter. You need to stop all this uh, cooking, and uh, you need to stop this playing the piano and and you know not be going to the priory. You need to just concentrate on football. I, like I didn't really think about it until literally a couple of years down the line. The first two, well, first three. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no, I live on my own. I have to cook to survive. I'm yeah. a human being. Like, if, yeah. I don't, if I don't cook, I don't eat. If I don't eat, I don't survive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I have to do that. And then, uh, like, tweeting, I was like, again, I'm a young guy living on my own in a front, different city. What else like, am I meant to do? Yeah. Like, I'm, and I'm a, like, most people my age are on social media. Yeah. So that's a, a normal thing. And then playing the piano, I was like, look, I would rather have a a, a hobby that is productive in some capacity rather than just go out go casino go drinking which also a lot of my friends did stuff, yeah. or just on playstation yeah. i wanted to to learn something to you know to to try something new sorry just to cut you there did it affect your football or did you think it was affecting your football how for him to call your mum and say that this is the thing because i'm at the time i'm suffering from mental health i'm suffering from depression yeah so did, did you know you were suffering or did i didn't you... i didn't know really until it was made sense to me by the doctor okay okay because i just thought well it nothing made sense to me at this point because i'm thinking well my life it's you know from a from an external perspective my life is everything that i've wanted it to be i'm literally yeah. living the dream that i've wanted to live since i was six years old and yet i'm not happy that doesn't make sense okay. so i'm trying to do all of these different things to try and maybe make sense of things or whatever and of course as well the biggest thing was I wasn't playing so after oh, I'd moved okay. I wasn't in a team so I got injured about two weeks after I'd moved which is again something that not a lot of people knew at, or even maybe know at the time is okay. that I played in an under 21s game in, at the training ground 
and the ball hit me in my eye. But it was li- there was literally a person standing right in front of me. And as the ball's come, he's ducked. And it's hit me square in the face. And literally straight away, I couldn't see a thing out of my eye. And so I come off at halftime, went to the hospital. They did all these checks and stuff. And uh, I had a scratch retina. Oh, wow. From the so, ball? From the ball, yeah. And they were like, well, you can't do any exercise for, I think it was like two weeks or something at that point. Which obviously is annoying because I, yeah. I just signed. I'd made my debut like a week before. And I couldn't train. I couldn't, I couldn't even do a simple thing like go for a jog. So they said, well, you we might as well just go home. Because the doctor, the, these people at the hospital are saying, if you basically have too much, if you, when you exercise and you, you, your heart rate goes up yeah. and too much pressure comes up, like the blood flows around your brain quicker and stuff as well, or whatever it may have been. And uh, you lose, you risk losing your eyesight. Mad, mad. I said, well, obviously I'm not going to do that there. Yeah. So I then didn't have the, the period there where I was, you know, involved or at the training ground. And so coming back from that, then having to kind of even try harder to fit in and, and try to build things up again. Yeah. So I hadn't been playing. So that obviously made things even more difficult. So um, as you said, you was living the dream. When did you realise that you're like, I'm, right, I'm getting paid all this money. I'm a pro footballer. I'm playing in the Prem, but I've, there's something missing. Didn't the club like all the players make you feel welcome? What like what was missing? Everyone was doing their own thing, though. I think, and I I, I don't want to ever pin it on anybody else because it's not really down to make. It's not down to people to make me fit in, really yeah. per se. But at the same time, you want you kind of want that. You know what I mean? You want to be. You want to have maybe that environment that is welcoming. It didn't. It didn't feel that way. Yeah. But of course, everyone had their own thing going on. Everyone has their own lives, their own family. Yeah. So, it is, you know, it is what it is kind of thing. But I felt that it was difficult to to settle in because at that point as well, I was, what, 20, just turned 21. I was the youngest in the first team squad. Yeah, it's quite an old team then, isn't it? It was quite an old yeah, team, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's difficult in itself. And then obviously trying to settle into a city that I've never lived in, you know, and, and it's intense. Like, the step up to the Premier League is intense. Yeah. Like, the step up in training expectation you know games like everything it's just so much more intense so it's difficult to even at the best of times even if the scenario is great everything's welcome it's still difficult to make that step up yeah i hear that um you just said expectations um wasn't storage there before you yeah and he kind of like shy like he done his thing in it yeah. so i think for you they brought you in to say to replicate that and you take them like score all the goals and stuff and that's a lot of pressure for yourself isn't it was, yeah. it, was that a a trigger as well, or I mean, did you not see it thing, like that? The first thing that the manager said when, when I after I signed, so I met him. So I hadn't actually met him when I signed. Yeah, and I I went up the next day and I met him and I sat in his office and he said, "You saw what obviously you would have seen what Daniel Sturridge did for us last season." He said, "I want you to do that." I was like, "Right, <laughs> okay." Uh, and you're a young man from I the tried. championship, <laughs> in it straight up. Yeah, I was like, "All right, I'll try." <laughs> He's like, "Well, you know, I think you've got the." potential to kick on from here you know get into the England squad and, and make a move higher yeah and I wasn't like necessarily very confident in myself at that point either so for him saying that I wasn't like yeah I'm ready to take this on I'm like I don't think you know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> what so are you saying that are you is that you not rating your ability 
<laughs> to prem standards or are you just thinking, oh, like, I'm not ready for that sort of pressure? Just in general. Just in general. Like, I, I even playing for Watford at times, I was like, if if things were going great, then yeah, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I must be all right because I'm yeah. scoring goals, I'm doing well. As soon as I stopped scoring goals, like, as soon as things get got a little bit tougher, I was like, oh, I've, I've been found out. You question yourself? Always. Wow. But don't you have, didn't you have, like have friends around you I'm not dissing your friends or mm. anything but you have friends around you that like pick you up and stuff like I've got a friend who was a footballer and we, we used to give him the positives and the criticisms as well mm. and he used to t- take it take both the same innit don't you have friends around you that helped you yeah people people say things like that all the time but st- it, I don't know it just never it never really sunk in until probably when I was like 25, 26 and I thought actually I'm I'm actually alright yeah. Like to me a, a very long time. Now, I had a lot of conversations even with Stuart Pierce in the twenty ones. And he'd pull me in after sessions and go like, cause we used to they used to film every session and yeah. stuff as well. And like he'd put clips together of of some sessions maybe over a week that we'd been in camp and he'd say, Look, this is you. This is what you can do. Like you just need to believe in yourself. Okay. And I'd go, Well, I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. All right, let's take a breather off from that and let's go back to where it's like. Where did the love of football start? It's playing. To be honest, I actually, I don't know. I don't know where actually even the spark came from because no one in my family is interested in football at all. <laughs> I, I I just started playing in the playground. I remember watching uh, the FA Cup final in '98. Okay, Arsenal Newcastle. So I remember that two 0 Yeah, so you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's that's like that's my first first memory of football, of watching football of. of and I was just, I just loved it. And then I remember watching the um, World Cup after that. And remember that goal that Michael Owen scored? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that and then it like going to the crowd and stuff. And everyone was just going absolutely nuts. And I thought, yeah, I want to do that. Okay, okay. And what was your first club like? Let's let's skip the grassroots and stuff. What was your first like, pro professional football team you played for? I got scouted for Chelsea at 13. Okay. And I went on trial there. And at that point as well, they were like, that's when Chelsea had just been bought. Okay. And they were really, really investing in everything, you know, from, yeah. from a training ground to, to new players. Like, to it was just, it's a big transitional period for them at the time. And I, I guess if I went there the year before, I probably would have got signed. Okay. But the, the year that I went there and they've got all these players coming in from, from, from everywhere overseas. In the country, yeah. I went on trial. I did okay. But they were like, you know, you're not quite ready or you're not you're not gonna be good enough. You know, we've got younger players. At that point, um Frank Noble was a year younger than me as well and okay. they had big hopes for him. Okay. So okay. like, you know, it's un you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, see you later. Good luck. Yeah. How'd you take that? Um to be honest, I I, I was prepared for it. Because oh. I knew like I'm seeing the standard like and and my whole thing at that time was I need to just try and absorb as much and learn as much as possible because this is one of the, you know, one of the biggest clubs now and they're going to be one of the biggest clubs in the country, in the world. So, and it's the first time I've ever been in, a, in an academy. Okay, yeah. So it's just about learning, just trying to understand like what's going on, like try and absorb as much information as possible because whether I add up, even from the get-go, it's like whether I get in or I don't, I just need to learn Yeah. so that yeah. I can move forward well you had that mentality back then yeah yeah that was it that was it fair enough and what happened after so after the six weeks 
um, went away and I actually went and signed for a different Sunday team. Okay. And the scout who took me to Chelsea, his, I think he he was working with a different Sunday team. And uh, he said, I recommend coming here. You're playing a year older. I think it will help you improve quicker. Yeah. You know, take everything that you've learned from being at Chelsea and trying to apply it this year. And hopefully I think you'll be ready in the next year, which I did. And then next year he took me to Fulham. So, which again, very few people know, but his son was playing for Fulham at the time. Okay. And so he was a scout for Chelsea. So he never made any money off the fact that I went to Fulham. He just saw something in me, believed in me and yeah. said to Fulham that we've, we've, I've got a kid who just went to Chelsea, was very close to getting signed and I think he's ready. And we're on trial at Fulham and there was, n- there was nobody in the world that was going to stop me. Yeah. So he was ready then, yeah? Yeah. So you get signed? Yeah. You're from Harrow, right? Yeah. yeah. Harrow to Fulham is a trek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> How are you getting by? Is it parents taking you? So going to training, like to be fair, going anywhere is my mum. Okay. Just everywhere. Like we were in a car with the A to Z map, like, you know, like just <laughs> I remember fold it that. up. Yeah, like, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was honestly, it was long. And my sister as well, like, you know, she was my older sister would, would give up so much of her time to travel to these away games, these, these mad places in the yeah. country, you know, in the front reading the map while I'm just getting ready in the back. And uh, so, yeah, it was at that point, it was just my mum or I'd get a train. So sometimes I'd get a train from school. My okay. mum would come and drive and pick me up. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a long way. It's a good hour and a half. That's mad, mad committed, isn't it? Dad went around? No. Nah, so my dad's not been around since I was six. Really? Yeah. Do you not have, do you have any memory of him at all? Very, very few. You know, so not positive ones anyway. Wow. So if he, like, if he ever came, like, when he was a pro yeah, at your heights, if he ever came back into your life and said... I mean, he tried. Oh, did he? Yeah. So like, I think I was 18, maybe 19. I got a call on my birthday. I didn't know who it was. Wait, wait, wait. See, at this time, does yeah. he know you're a footballer? He must do. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, like, my, you know, I'm playing for Watford this time. I'm playing in the first team. I didn't quite obviously grasp the concept of playing in the championship and how big that is. Yeah, because all you're saying is Premier like, League. Yeah. Play- well, not even that. I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking is at Watford at the time, like most of the players in the first team are, even, are coming from the academy. So I'm playing with oh, all mate, the guys yeah, that yeah. I've, <laughs> I've come up with. So it's just me. It's just like playing in the first team with my friends. So don't really quite grasp how big it is. So, you know, I, I probably didn't realise or expect people to, from outside to kind of know, but he, he would have known because, well, I mean, he did know because he said, no, you're doing really well. All oh, right. So what happened after that? And I was just like, well, all right. <laughs> See you <laughs> like, later, innit? What do you mean? Like, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I was I was spoken to you in, God knows, like over a decade. I've not seen you in over a decade. So, like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And like, even since, I've like, tried, to, like, like very few occasions, tried to, to reach out, but like, like what, what, this isn't a person, like, my biological father, but like, I don't know you. So, like, you know, it's it's the same as me and a stranger on the street. If someone said to me, oh, you know, hi, I'd say hi. And then if that was it, then like, cool, see you later. Yeah, I can, I can, <laughs> I can, I can understand that. Um, <laughs> As your 
when you're starting playing in the first team and you sign your first deal and whatever, you're getting real money now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, make, okay, maybe not real money, but you're getting paid. You get, you've got some sort of income yeah. that some people are earning in a month, whatever. And it's you, your mum and your sister. Being a man in a house, did you feel the weight on your shoulders or did, did your mum just let you concentrate on football? No, I mean, she did let me concentrate on football, but that was always like my my thought, you know, it was want to get to a place where everybody around is secure. Like a girl with no money. Yeah. You know, so I, that was my, my thought was I want to be able to look after my, my mum and my sister because this isn't just for me, it's for them as well because I've given up a lot of time in my life. I've sacrificed, I've put work in, but so have they into yeah. my career, not even just into their lives, but into mine as well. Do you feel um, retiring early? Do you feel like you've, you kind of failed or do you feel like you had to do it because you was on I, the edge? I had to do it. Yeah? Yeah, it was the right time. And, and that question obviously comes up you know, that of do I do I feel like I failed? And that was the reason why I retired. Because I was like, <laughs> I, I, I did make it. Okay. I mean, everything that I wanted to do, I've done. Ticked off. So what 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 am I aspiring to other than a bit more longevity? Because even then I had longevity. Yeah. Yeah. So I just go back to your dad. Do you feel like growing up you needed him? No. Not at all. Not at all. Not even thinking, right, I need a male figure. Teach me how to, you know, like do a school tie and shit like that. No, no, really. Like for for what? Right, to like do I a said, school like... tie. Every, like people people taught me. I don't know who taught me, but someone taught me. <laughs> no, but I know even how to do a tie. but even like you know, so, you can't. I can't explain it. But there's things like you, the dad. My, my dad. I, I didn't live with my dad, but yeah. I saw him every weekend. Like yeah. he taught me to football. But there's certain things that he taught me. I can't remember what, but you know, you get taught. But didn't you feel like you? Well, I don't know, like, because I guess now as a, as a, as an adult and as a dad myself, I don't feel like there's anything that I have missed out on learning or any experience I've missed out on. Like, I, I feel very fulfilled in life, in, like, completely. Okay. Um, okay, I, I hear that, I hear that. Um, do you resent him? Not resent him, but no. no I think... Like as a maybe before I was a teenager, I got to I was like I was angry, but I didn't know why I was angry. Okay, I don't I didn't resent him, but I was angry just in general. I guess because I didn't understand what was going on, why my family dynamic was different to so many other people's. Okay, yeah. But then that probably wasn't just him. About him, it was about you know money as well, having to move home lots you know, things like that yeah. as opposed to him. And then as I've grown up, it's just like, well, like what, what, what have I got to resent? Because my life is amazing. Yeah. I've, you know, I've done everything that I've ever wanted to. I've lived all of the dreams I've ever had. Like, so. Spent big money. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, how was growing up in Harrow? Like I got a mate who is from Harrow as well. Mm. Is there a rough part? Is it, or is it all like <laughs> humble? It depends. It depends, I guess. There's like, I mean, I, I lived in different places in Harrow in throughout my childhood. And uh, I grew up in like probably the majority of the time that I grew up was in Pinner. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. was like 
from 11, I think, 11 onwards. And the estate I lived on was mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, it was, it was just, it felt like chaos. It's just, but it felt like I was like in an eye of a storm. Like you just, you're still, and just everything around just kind of just going, like being that, blown yeah. all over the place. It was crazy. Like we just, but obviously as a family, we just kept ourselves to ourselves and tried to stay away from all of it. Cause like, even just things like, you know, being woken up at two in the morning because the right police are knocking down the neighbor's door because he's been doing whatever madness. You know, okay. the, the other neighbor come out of prison and him and his partner, are, I don't even know what's going on, but I see like like a whole wardrobe on the green in the middle. Like <laughs> neighbor over there is like fighting with the neighbor here. That neighbor's, you know, on the run from police as well. So, so it's like, I'm just, I'm just seeing it. But wow. I'm just a kid. All I cared about was playing football. Fair. So none of it ever excited you. Like with me, my journey to school is what got me onto that bad path. Like yeah. I'm seeing fights. I'm seeing all these kids. It's all kicking off. So I was like, I saw it all. And how comes, how did you stay away from it? All I cared about was football. But I cared about football. Like I used to do what I did in the week. <laughs> Weekend was for football. As soon as football's done, I'm doing the madness as well. So I- there, there was no football's done. Football's, okay. Football, that's it. Football's, all I said, all I've ever known from that age was, I want to be a professional football player. What does it take? It takes putting the work in. So when people were doing whatever they were doing in, you know, after school, I never used to hang around at, someone used to hang around at bus station in Harrow. I yeah. used to go on the bus, I used to go home. Or I used to go on the bus, I used to go to training go, or get the train to training. And when I used to get home, do my homework, and then I'm practicing everything, every single day. You see, when you're telling your mum, I want to be a footballer, what is she saying to you? She's like, have a backup plan or... Nah, my mum wasn't. My mum was just said, if you want to do it, then you need to do it properly. You need to work hard and you need to, you know, put everything into it. She was the one who said to me, she, bearing in mind this woman, she doesn't know anything about football. <laughs> yeah. You know, she just, she's a Nigerian woman. So as you know, if you, if, or as any of you know, in African households, education is, first, is... number one, yeah. Number one. Okay. <laughs> so my mum said, you know, make sure you're... Obviously, doing your your work and doing your schoolwork, which I, I guess as well, I was a bit lucky that I, I didn't find school difficult or challenging in in or too too hard to navigate. So I could just do my work and it's quite easy, and then go and play football. She was the one who said, uh, "No, you need to, why why are you not practicing with your left?" Serious? Yeah, she was like, it, "If you want to play football, you play football." With both legs, surely. <laughs> so she was like, practice on your left. I was like, all right. So I'd have to practice on my left. Wow, decent. Better from mum. Better. Um, so when did you sign for Watford? When did like, the Fulham... So Fulham, I got time. released as an under 16. So I didn't get offered a scholarship. And how did you take that? I was buzzing. What, because was it the journey was no, long? No, no. It was... I'd, 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 at this point, obviously... I spent all of my time thinking about football and working towards being a professional football player. Not just playing, but thinking. Yeah. Thinking about how, what, what are the routes to get in? So I'm looking at people's journeys, people who are making their debuts at, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 or whatever. People who are playing longer, people who are not pl- making their debuts till like 21, 22. And I was thinking, looking at Fulham and going, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get through here. Because there's a few players who, in our, in our team at the time, who were really, really, like, fancied by the club. Like, they were going to push them through. Yeah. I was never one of those players. Okay. So I thought, right, 
how am I going to get through here? Because big first team squad, all seniors, big reserve squad, reserve a lot of players who are like 20, 21, not even played a first team game. Big youth team squad. And they don't even, <laughs> bearing in mind, they don't even really like me that much. So <laughs> Why didn't they like you? They, just, they, they thought other players were better. Which is oh, like, they didn't like you? Like, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I mean, one of the coaches didn't like me, but <laughs> that's just, it's, it's a game, isn't it? yeah. it's, and it's life. But um, yeah, so I, I saw all of that and I thought, right, it's going to be tough to get through here. And I knew, again, trying to get a scholarship at a club, you needed to get a scholarship and a pro at the same club. Yeah. To, uh, it's, it was so difficult. Or well, it has been difficult. I saw that it was difficult for a player to get a scholarship at one club get released and then get pro at another club like doesn't really happen unless you're unreal unless you're unreal yeah. then you probably wouldn't have got released true true yeah true <laughs> you know what I mean? makes sense yeah so all my thinking was I need to leave Fulham and try and find a club that there's a quicker pathway to the first team because if you get into the first team quicker you know you get a better opportunity to play more games and whatever and then I went to the exit trials so I got released from Fulham which again is a blessing you know Went to the exit trials and did well. Watford were one of the clubs. A few other clubs had were serious as well. Went into Watford and, um, you know, I, I signed there and signed my scholar there. Was you buzzing because Watford is local to you, isn't it? Um, kind of. I mean, I was more buzzing because of the coach. So the under six, so I went into the under 16s and under 16 manager was Mark Warburton. Okay, yeah. QPR manager. Now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember going there for like, for training the first time and seeing this session up and it looked like the most complicated session I've ever seen like just cones everywhere yeah. just colours just it looked like a, a, a landing strip and um, started the session and, and he was just such a hands-on coach who just looked at all of the technical aspects in such a different way that I'd ever been coached before I thought if this is what the club's about then you know, I'm, I'm, I really want to sign it and I had like it was at the time I had um, the two clubs who were most interested were Celtic and Port Vale. In you? Yeah. Okay. And, um, they, you know, Celtic came up and I was like, great, huge car, but I don't really want to live in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and then Port Vale was uh, another one of that. I went up there actually and they showed me around the stadium and training ground and stuff. And they said they wanted to fast track me into the first team. Okay. But I thought, I, I didn't think I was ready because I was 16. I thought, so oh, I wait, wait. sorry to cut you, sorry to cut you. So at that age, you're thinking like a grown man because some... I don't know. Well, by the sounds of it, you are because a, a lot of 15-year-olds would have jumped at the chance to play like, okay, I'm 16, I'll probably be in the academy, well, they've got um, the youth team for like a year, then I'll be in the first team. And you're thinking, I'm not ready. It wasn't even a year. They, was, they were saying like from, I'd go in into the first team squad potentially. Look at that, that a 50 or 15, 16-year-old is jumping at that chance and you're saying, I'm not ready. You're thinking, your your mentality at that age is advanced. I guess, but like, I was thinking about a plan. You know, there's a plan, the, having a plan in place to get to, not just to play one or two games, to play 100, 200 games. That's the plan, you know, to have a career. So, again, like that plan, <laughs> like a lot, I don't think a lot of boys at that age are thinking about playing 200 games in the pre, or 200 games mm -hmm. as a, as a first team player, they're just thinking, let me get in the first team, mm. let me sign a big contract, let me get some money, blah, blah, blah. But you're thinking about a career. Mm. That is, that's advanced thinking, no? 
I guess. I mean, I don't know because it's how I think. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm just, I'm just letting you know yeah. how I see it. Isn't it? <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, um, then Watford. Yeah, so then obviously went to Watford, amazing. And then I saw, you know, it ticked all of the boxes. You know, they had a, a first team squad who, well, that wasn't wasn't that big. They were Premier League club. They were about to get relegated. They had a, an academy status, so still getting to play against all of the top yeah. clubs in London. They had great coaches, great setup. They had a very good track record of developing players from academy to first team, and I thought perfect. And you knew all of this, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's what you it's what you have to know. Fair enough. Fair enough. I hope people are listening because this is a different <laughs> way of looking at the game, isn't it? I've never heard it this way. It's, but, football yeah. is not just about playing football. It's like so much more. Talk the stuff, bro. Talk the stuff. Get me. Um, say, okay, say Watford didn't want to sign you. Say you had an extra trial and you had a stinker. Hmm. No one wanted you. Did you ever have a backup plan? Uh, Not really. It's all football. It, I mean, I thought about other things, but then I thought, well, I, I always had, it's, it's crazy because, as I said, I'm not a massively confident person, or particularly not at that age. And yet, I always knew that I was going to be a professional football player. I always said, like, teachers would say to me all the time, you need to have a backup plan. I was like, for what? <laughs> but see, this is this is what I don't get. So you're not a massive, you say you're not a massively confident person, yeah. but you always knew you was going to be a pro. So you have some conf- some sort of confidence. I must, to some extent, yeah. <laughs> because, like you say, you was at Fulham, it was a blessing in disguise. You don't, you're not, you're not going to get a scholarship. Hmm. You're not going to get a pro at Fulham. You don't know what's around the corner. Like you're 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 already you already say I'm gonna be a pro. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I think it's more determination as well. Yeah, than confidence. Yeah, fair enough. Um, speaking about um exit trials and that, do you think like enough is done for like young players who get released and then just left in limbo? Personally, no. I I, I don't think people kind of grasp how difficult it is for a young player at 16, particularly. You know, and you're in your formative years to be released and then not know what's around the corner. There's not like, it's obviously one thing me saying, you know, I knew that I was going to be a professional football, but if, what if I wasn't, what if that didn't happen? What if I didn't get an opportunity at that point? Then what was around the corner? Yeah. I don't know because I'm not having any other conversations with anybody within football. So who, who do I go to if I'm struggling, if I'm finding it difficult emotionally and that's someone who'd only been in the academy for two years, two, three years. Yeah. What if you'd been in the academy since six, ten years, and that's all you ever knew was, I'm at Chelsea. And for that whole time. And there's a lot of thinking, boys like that, isn't it? Yeah. What would, what would you want to be put in place for them? There has to be some sort of support in terms of players who are getting released. Like they, they have to, they have to have a care package or you know people around them that are just there do you know what I mean it's not like I need to go searching to find out like this information that information or who to speak to it's like you know the club's released you whether it's the PFA which I don't I don't think it can be at that age but whether it's the FA or the Premier League the Football League wherever it may be a governing body of some sort are just there for these young players because I read something uh, a few months ago that's, that likened being released as a football player, not just at academy or just in general, yeah. like having to leave the game when it's not your choice. It was likened to um, going through grief. 
because it's because it's a part of you. It's not just a job. It's not just a career. This is your something life, that is a part of someone say their life. Yeah. And so you cut that off. It's not just as simple as telling someone they're fired, which is difficult as it is. It is right. You're. I'm taking away all you know you are. It's big. It's mad. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about it like that. That's mad. That's mad. All right. Let's let's go back to you. Yeah. Um. Where did you first go on loan at Watford? Do you still remember? First, first. first. I went non-league to Wildstone when I was 17. Are you thinking this is my chance to play first team football or this is this is long? <laughs> Nothing. At that age, I wasn't thinking anything was long other than running, which is long. <laughs> but <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. But um, at that point, I was just like, it's good because, you know, <coughs> even if I don't make it at Watford, people need to know that I can play against men and I can handle it. So when I spoke to the manager at Watford at the time, it was AD Booth where he said, you need to go out and you need to, you need to go and get kicked. I was like, <laughs> cool. You know, try and get a couple goals and get kicked. And I was just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, was it a wake-up call for you, like playing with people who are playing football as a hobby because they're going to work and then playing it, football on a these, Saturday. These guys are not playing football as a hobby. They they take it serious. I know they take it serious, <laughs> but it's not their priority. Like they've got nine to fives and stuff like that. Do you know what I'm saying? But when you when you turn up and the, and the game starts, this doesn't feel like a hobby. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but <laughs> but you know what I mean, innit? Like, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Didn't you think, right? This could be me, like playing, going to work, and going to football. No, I didn't think that at all. Like, I, when I went there and and you know played my first game and I, I was terrible the pitch was terrible the conditions were terrible and you know I just matched that <laughs> yeah and uh went in after and I had a shower and or tried to have a shower and the showers weren't working <laughs> it, I don't know if it was just that day or but the showers weren't working and I remember it was freezing cold it was like beginning of December or something or November maybe I can't remember it was freezing cold and uh I got in the car after and I looked at my mum and said I need to work so much harder you don't want to do this. This is I can't play at this level. Was it one of them loans that you thought I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna gain something out of this? Or again, this is probably like the um, this is long kind of question, isn't it? Like, no. be honest. Did you enjoy it, or did you think this is just my pathway? I didn't enjoy it, <laughs> but at the same time, I was just like, it's necessary because you know you're playing against, if you're playing against someone who their only way of stopping you if you're fast because I was I was quick. As a striker, and I wasn't the biggest, so if their way of stopping me is by kicking me, I need to know how to not get kicked. Run faster. I need to either run faster or I need to run, you know, more intelligently. So either way, I'm going to be doing something better because I'm going to be thinking quicker. I'm going to have to move the ball quicker, and I'm going to have to be making better runs. I'm going to have to have sharper movement. So either way, I'm going to to learn just purely because of what I'm coming up against. I hear that. See, when you got your pro, your first ever pro, would you guessed? <laughs> nah. Nah, do you know why? Because I sat there and uh, it was Brendan Rodgers was the manager at the time, first okay. team manager. And um, I was the last player of my age to get pro. And that day, so I've gone in, there's three of us left to get pros. Three, I think three had already got their pros, like early in the season. I was the last person to go in. One comes out, released. Second one comes out, released. And I was like... I know the script now, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone in 
And uh, he's literally just grilled me for like 10, 15 minutes. What told you all the negative stuff? He's told me so much. Like, a lot, there was a lot of negatives. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> any? I can't remember. But, yeah. And then he's gone, um, but we're going to give you a pro. And I didn't even I didn't even know how to feel at that point because I was like, well, you just grilled me for 20 minutes. So I don't even know if I feel good now. <laughs> but I come out and called my mum and said, yeah, I got pro. I was like, well, right. Now now we got we got to start. You see, you see when they give you the pro, do they tell you you're gonna be on this, this, and this, or do you have to no, negotiate no, no. it? <laughs> negotiate what? <laughs> <laughs> they just say you're gonna be on Is it not they'll not even negotiate or tell you what you're gonna be on. They just say this is the this is here's the contract, take it home, sign it, bring it back. It's <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> there, there's there's nothing that comes here. I would like because I wasn't like playing for England youth teams or anything like that. It's not like I was it's not like I was desired by other clubs that they've got to negotiate, they've got to really yeah. try to make sure it's proper or whatever. It was a last it was, you know, it was a last it was decision it day. It, it was yeah. like take it. There wasn't a take it or leave it, because they knew that I can't leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, they had you by the balls, isn't it? Um going into preseason, I know I probably know the answer to this already, but going into preseason, you're probably with the first team squad. Mm. Do you think, yeah, I'm here, I'm I've made it? Nah, I knew, I knew it. <laughs> Not at all, man. Because we had like we had quite a few senior pros. What I was thinking is, I want to impress, and I want to try and get into the squad if I if I can for a couple of games, and then I want to go on loan because see Watford in Championship, I can get hopefully League One, League Two. Okay, and then you made your debut. Were you ready? Did you feel ready? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Even, I didn't even know that it was coming. So I'd been in the squad, like travelled, like once or twice before that, and I didn't get on the bench. But I, you know, it's amazing to travel the, yeah. the first team. I was eighteen, and um, and then we played Sheffield United away, and I travelled just for normal, like not going to be on the bench, or whatever. Mm. And then saw my name on the bench, and I was like, okay, this is new. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know warm up and you know it's a great experience yeah. just being on the pitch and all that stuff and I think it was like 60 minutes or something like obviously warming up as you know every every like 10 minutes or so yeah you know they send three subs out and so just warming up as normal and then I get shout come on like shout someone shouting at me I'm like why is this, why is this guy shouting at me <laughs> <laughs> and he's Who, like, a fan on. or a coach no no the the, the um because the fitness coach used to tell the subs that they're coming on yeah so the fitness coach shouting Marv Marv why, why is this guy shouting at me? <laughs> what have I done? So I'm like, kind of like jogging. So and he's like, come on. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're coming on. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> decent, decent. So I went on and yeah. Did you, um, how was it? Did you manage to get a touch or were you like nervous and hid? Nah, I, you know what? It was, we were 2-0 down and it was like a comfy 2-0. So there was just not really like a spark. Like the atmosphere was flat. The game was like pretty slow. And uh, they had, um, remember that centre-back, Chris Morgan? I think I remember the like, name. I might be big, getting, tough guy. getting it mixed up, but yeah, go on. <laughs> big, tough guy, yeah. And uh, like one of the first things that, like I come on and one of the first things, we had a free kick, like and the goalkeeper's taking, like deep, like way deep, yeah. goalkeeper's taking it. And it's this guy against me and I'm thinking, this isn't it. Yeah. <laughs> no, for my first touch in professional football, for this guy to just be coming through the back of me, it's just not what I want. But I yeah. jumped off and I've I've <laughs> I've jumped I've jumped up and won the header and thought, oh, all right. This is this is not too bad. Okay. Decent, decent. Um 
I'm going to ask you a question just away from it a little bit. Um, how did you cope with being famous? Hmm? Famous? You were famous. You was like one of the next best, like you were the like, hottest, pro- one of the hot prospects, innit? Nah, we're not famous. Bro, did you ever get stopped in the street? Yeah. Famous. <laughs> so how did you cope with it? Uh, Stop playing yourself well, down. Know. You was a big fish at one point. I don't know then. But so okay, people because stop people me. In the stop me, and I say I'd like people. If if you stop me and I didn't know you, I'd look at you funny. Because really? I'm wondering like why you like I don't like how do you know my name? Well, do you see, like, see well, we that's, can, we I can, don't, it? it doesn't cross my mind. Seriously? Someone's shouting Marvin. I'm like, who's this? <laughs> so you're famous then, isn't it? If random people are calling you or talking to you, mm. like, I'm not. I don't think I'm famous, but I get people saying, "Oh, like the podcast." Da, 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 da. So if you don't think you're famous, then. Why can I not think I made? You, but you was play, you played champ <laughs> and prem. You're playing champ and prem. You're on the TV week in week out, match of the day week in week out. I'm on YouTube on Spotify <laughs> for 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 a three months period. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like you are you were you are famous. Have you got a blue tick? Famous. Tells me you're famous. Famous. <laughs> yeah. See, when I get a blue tick, it's, it's long. Yeah, no one can chat to me. <laughs> No one can chat to me. <laughs> so how did you cope with it? Well, obviously I didn't. Like, because I never, I don't know. I just didn't think about it like that, I guess. So people stopped me and I guess it, I'd be a bit uncomfortable because I'm thinking, how do these people know who I am? Or know my name? And why are they stopping me? Why are they wanting pictures and stuff? So I've, I've, it, it made me a bit uncomfortable, particularly when I was young. Okay. Like people wanting pictures and stuff. And even times where I think I was at Bowen at the time and I remember walking in and it was like walking into Nando's one time and it was like a like a pin you can hear a pin drop it's so weird like, I, walked, just... I was on my own as well I walked <laughs> in and it's just like people just turning staring I was like what's going on here that's right because like obviously you so are... I was playing at Bowen yeah. like, oh, and it's just... the only club in yeah, the yeah. area and stuff yeah. okay see okay back to Watford there was a period where you didn't play flat like half the season. Do you remember that? Which I think it's like your first season. Yeah, I, well, after I'd made my debut. Yeah, after you made yeah, you didn't I made play. my debut, and then I played a couple of games a day. I scored my first goal. Then the game after I started, and then I didn't wasn't in the squad for ages. Why? Because they had better players, more you, more experienced players. But you're playing, and is it because they were struggling or? No, not necessarily. Like they, like I was a young player, and I wasn't like ready to be playing week in week out. But you're playing. I played a couple of games. It's not. It's not the same as playing. But you've played, made your debut, obviously done well. Mm. Played, played a couple of games, then scored, then played again. How are you so not I'd ready? Played, I'd played like I don't know three, four games at that point. I wasn't ready. Yeah, I wasn't ready to be playing like consistently be involved at that level so are you not feeling are you not feeling pissed off because you've been dropped again I wanted to go on loan oh you like, wanted that, to go that on was loan. my that was my whole thing is I wanted I wanted to go on loan and I asked I was asking from like October to go on loan and they kept telling me no <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I was annoyed because I was just like well I'm not playing here and I need to play I want to play be playing regular football at a level that I can play regular football to be ready to play at this level okay isn't there anyone at the club, like a senior player, that you could spoke to? But like, how do I, how do I get ready? How do I improve this and this and that? Yeah, I mean, I spoke to players, and you know, you, you can get better in training, but by 
playing games, that's the best way of getting better at playing games. <laughs> There's no no training's not going to get you ready. Like yeah. first team football is, you have to play first team football or enough of first team football at whatever level to be ready to play first team football at the next level. I hear that. I hear that. Um, did you get your loan in the end? I did in January. Where'd end you go? of January, I went to Tramir. Enjoy it. <laughs> but it was necessary is there a loan you enjoyed nah. no to be fair like the, the only other loan I had was to Northampton at the end of my career which I was injured when I went I didn't even <laughs> so okay um, so you doing your thing at Watford you, you finally get ready then you get bought by Bolton how are you feeling then I know you spoke about earlier and said you got bought by so and so and What's your thought? If I, I mean, at the time, it was like a huge relief. You know, because, uh, more so because of the timing of it. Like the whole, from like December, the beginning of December onwards, like I was, my agent was speaking to a load of clubs about, you know, who are interested or whatever. And there was just a lot of talks around transfers to here, there and everywhere. Yeah. And um, it got to deadline day. And obviously Bowen came in and, you know, it was a, it was a relief because, you know, getting to a Premier League club, you know, playing in the Premier League was my dream. That's yeah. what every kid dreams about. And so I was just like, wow, this is, this is it. Like, this is a, this is huge, you know, and, and it was hard to really even really make sense of how big that was at the time. I was just like, wow, this is this is incredible. Could you could you believe that um a club actually wanted to pay for you? Like you didn't get signed, end of the contract, like mm -hmm. someone paid money for you. Like To be honest, I never even thought about that. Like, because it's it's not my well, it's not my money. Well, you didn't see any of it? Not yeah. even like a little signing on fee or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> those those things don't come to fight. like that has to be written in your contract before that. So what's your agent doing? You couldn't even Listen, get your signing on fee or that? My my contract, yeah. I mean I I was a, I was on a good contract. Yeah. But my contract at Watford before that yeah. was, well, it wasn't like a, a big, big contract. Okay. Go on. You said you was on a, a, a good contract. At Bowen? Yeah. Yeah, I was on a give good us, contract. Give us a, not exact figure, <laughs> give us like a ballpark. What do you mean? <laughs> Talk some figures. It was, it, was, it was good. Yeah? Yeah, it was good. Well, very, very good. Like you're looking at your account like, wow. Or, yeah, this is all right. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, Wow. Yeah, yeah. Move mum and mum and sister up. No, no, no. So they they've stayed down. Move them out of ends. Eventually, yeah. Better. So it's big then. It was it was it was it was alright, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all it's all relative, isn't it? Because before that, when I was like, when I first broke into the first team, so not the year I made my debut. The next year, when I actually broke in, I was yeah. playing like every week. I was on two hundred and fifty pound a week. And you're a first. You're playing week in week yeah. out. So what the hell was you on the, f the first season? <laughs> Less, <bro. laughs> Beans on toes, they're taking a piss. My first year pro was uh, £175 a week. And the year I broke into the team, like, actually playing, I was on £250 a week. Ugh. My my match bonus, like for starting, even if I came on as a sub, was more than my wage. Go on. The match bonus for starting, yeah. it's like a bag. And you're playing week in, week out? Yeah. So you was, you was all right then? Yeah, I was all right, but I wasn't, I wasn't on... Decent, like if I didn't play, if I got injured, it was different, <laughs> isn't it? 
Uh, uh, so when you was at Re- Bolton, I know we spoke earlier about it. Yeah. Um, you went there. They tried to tell you to be replicate Daniel Sturridge and stuff like, and you weren't ready. Then you end up getting relegated. Mm. How was? Did that affect you at all? Or it was tough because I hadn't been able to have enough of an impact on that. I didn't get to. Pl- I didn't play. I, I think I made like three sub appearances and like two minutes here two minutes there do you know what I mean so I never I never played I never got to have an impact so it was really frustrating and like it was a frustrating end to the season but how does it go how do you go from the manager saying we want you to be like Daniel Sturridge and then you being a, a sub for two minutes three times what happened, what's, what's going on to, to be honest like they had a lot of experienced players and it was either like they I guess they saw me as a wild card and just thought you know if we can throw him in he might just do this and they never decided, they decided to not play the wild card. You know, they decided to go with experience. And he, he said that to me quite a few times. He said, yeah, I want to go with more experience. Which mm. is fine. That's, that, in the end of the day, that's his decision. I guess his job's on the line as well, isn't it? Exactly. Um, okay, let's go. You were racially abused by a 13-year-old. Is that how old he was? I think so. That's what I read. Well, when you're reading that, like, what, what are you what thinking? Like when you're racially abused, like when you're thinking, when, when you, sorry, so when you're hearing it, what are you thinking? Mad. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but, but at the same time, I you know, everyone who's played football there would have said the same thing to you at the time. That you go out to warm up to the left, just keep your head down. I was told that by I'm players. Serious. Just keep your head down. Don't don't look into the crowd. Nothing. Do your warm up and, and come when back. When you're getting told that, you're thinking, "What are you like?" I'd be like, "What? What do you mean that can't happen?" I'm looking to go. I'm jumping in the crowd. I'm doing a cannon. I'm jumping in the crowd. <laughs> but that's you saying that in this now. No, but that's not, me not, anyway. Not in like a, an 18 year old, and you're you're in this. Like, no, 18. I was a sickhead. Sorry, not 18. I was 21, 22. I think I was just just about. <laughs> but I'm but like, I'm, I'm going nuts. in this in, in the environment of a football players, the professional football players. There is so much expected of you in terms of how you conduct yourself how you react how you behave and so it's that's 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 it 21 i'm still young bro who's like, it yeah but how many 21 year olds you've seen professional football play, football not get treated like 21 year olds yeah but the only the, the ones that don't get treated like that are you know the ones that are well that's destined to be great but why so what's the difference there's no difference but you're they're not they're you're, still they're still 21 yeah still i hear kids. that but you've got a lot more on the line responsibility and on the line yeah. yeah at the time I thought I had very much on the line yeah, fair enough so yeah and I'm just thinking who's it gonna what's in the end of the day in that situation who's gonna come out worse mm. yeah <laughs> fair enough also you mentioned you was on Twitter a lot and you're getting a lot of stick mm-hmm. You are you reading every every bit I of see, it I saw a lot of it yeah you were replying sometimes People saying stuff that, that I don't agree with, I'm I'm gonna defend myself because you know that's particularly at that age, I'm and I don't really think about being a professional football player, of course, but like in the sense that somebody's saying something to me that I, that is just way out of context or, or just you know that just isn't acceptable. I'm gonna say like look, this is a situation. And but people don't like that. Yeah. How how are the club helping you? Helping, not helping. <laughs> I got fined, you know, for for replying for for re- 
re- replying to I can't even remember what it was but the thing is I'm not even I, I wouldn't say I'm a rude person I can be sarcastic I, I mean I can be rude <laughs> yeah but not in a very not like directly rude do you know what I mean yeah and just even just interacting with people in that manner like a sarcastic manner just obviously people don't like that do you know what I mean especially when if you're not playing or you're not playing well the club's not doing well people don't take that people don't take too lightly to that yeah. so they didn't like that eventually the club the manager at the time just just randomly said yeah I'm fine your week's wages I was like alright <laughs> if this is what you want then cool how much was it? a week yeah but oh sorry <laughs> I think clock <laughs> a week's wages are you thinking uh it's nothing. I'm a no, 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 anyway. no, no. I wasn't thinking stuff. I was fuming. But what could I do? Nothing you can do. Exactly. So, <laughs> when did you think enough was enough and your mental health was at its lowest? It really was at that point. And it just kind of carried on there for like months and months. Really, um... And I guess the the summer break helped because I kind of went away, went on holiday and just kind of had a mental refresh and kind of away from football and the football environment and mm. having to think about that. And came back pre-season, I was flying. Like, you know, I thought, yeah, this is, things are going really well, scoring goals. And then <laughs> I get told like three days before the season starts that I'm going on loan. And I was like, right. This is this is new. This is yeah. this is news to me. You know, my I was at my girlfriend's house at the time. On my day off, I'd played basically every game in preseason at that point, and done well. And done and done well. Yeah. Normally, the team that starts the last preseason game is a team that starts the, the first game of the yeah. season. And I'd started. I played like eight five minutes. So I thought, right, and I'd done all right. For yeah. okay, this is me now. Like, it's it's, it's going to be a good time to kind of break through. Things are picking up better. And uh, my agent calls me and goes, yeah, what have you done to the manager? You're going on loan. I was like, what do you mean? I'm starting Saturday. And he's going, well, nice. Some of you are going on loan. These are your options. You go to Charlton, you can go to Bournemouth. I was like, all right. <laughs> and he's going, uh, and, oh, by the way, and, and he said that you have to take a pay cut. I was like, I didn't even ask to go on loan. Wait, 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 wait. So you're in contract and he's telling you to take a pay cut? Yeah. How does that work? Like, you've got to sign a new deal? Basically, you have to sign... So when I signed on loan, I had to sign some papers saying that I'm waiving X amount. So Char- the team that you went to is only paying... So I went to Charlton, yeah. So Charlton would pay like this part. Bond would pay a little bit. And then... The rest is gone. The rest is just... They're just saving. Wow. Did you did you agree to that? I was told, you got to take a pay cut. And I was like, well... I, why am I taking a pay cut if I'm not the one asking to go on loan? Yeah. And he's called me back. He's gone, right, he said you have to take a pay cut and go on loan. If you don't and you decide to stay, he's going to make your life a living hell. And I was like, guess I'm going on loan then, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't, didn't fancy even like testing it thinking... What do you do in that situation? As I, don't know, I don't know. I stay and, I, and then I'm definitely not going to play. Yeah, because if he's saying he's going to make my life live in hell, you probably be like, with a youth team or something. That's that's you know that's worst case. Best case is I'm not playing anyway. So if I'm not going to be playing anyway, what am I going to stick around for? I want to yeah. play. I was like 23, 
between two twenty three on the play. Yeah. Did all these things add up to that to to make you want to take your life? Yeah, of course. Because I'm thinking, well, like everything is just like what's I was thinking. What's the point? And at this point, anyway, like life is just in general was just not in a good place. Like I didn't. There were so many things I just felt like so wildly out of control in my life. And, um, you know, I was on medication at this point as well. So I'm on, I can't even remember what, what, what the medication is, but I was on antidepressants for, for, for a long time. And I don't think they were making me feel better. They were just making me feel completely numb. And so there was no excitement, enjoyment, no highs. It was just things felt low or sorry, it feels, things felt okay yeah. or mildly low. And the mildly low still didn't feel like mildly low felt low still. So even if you're like scoring a goal, you just like uh. it just didn't like honestly at that point like there was nothing. That's mad. So what club were you at when you tried to take your life? I was at Charlton. Yeah, and what you just took pills, went to, and just hoped it didn't not wake up. Yeah, like just before I went and brushed my teeth, did that, and then went to bed. Hoping to not wake up because that was like I, I was at that point where I was just like, Well, what, what is existence is, is pointless. But isn't there anyone you could have spoke to before you got to that point? I didn't feel like I could have. Maybe there was girlfriend, mum, sister. Maybe there was. I mean, but I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like I could. I didn't feel like I was like, I think when you're in that place as well, like suffering from depression or any sort of mental health, like to that extent, you feel like your pain is a burden on other people. And so you feel like you, you, me talking about that to someone is, is going to be harmful to them as opposed to it's going to help me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't want to do that because you like, you want to save them from having that pain. Uh, And when you wake up, I don't want to sound insensitive. Are you not thinking, oh, let me try it again? No. I, I didn't I was just like can't even do this can't even do this it right. made you feel worse then yeah yeah and I was just like right I'm gonna go training now <laughs> so so you wake up you're alive you feel worse because you felt failed to take yeah. your life like and then you think oh I just gotta go training did you tell anyone at the club I, I didn't nobody even knew this until like two years after and when nah. When people found out, what was their what was their reaction like? Well, I, I shared because at that point I was writing a lot. I was writing a lot of poetry, and that was like one of my saving graces, really. And um, I got to a point where I'd had like a, a massive collection of poems, and all through experiences and emotions from yeah. the previous however many years. And I just said, I got to a point where I was just like, I need to just give this and just share this and send it. Just send an email with a PDF link to my closest friends and family and uh just said can you read this and that was it and they were obviously it put into context a lot of the previous few years of my life for them yeah made them understand like why i maybe behaved in this manner and in certain way while i was you know completely shut away or why i was drinking loads or whatever it may have been i hear that i hear that what do you say to people who say how can you be depressed and how can you want to take your life when you're earning thousands of pounds a week? Like, what do you say to people like that? Who say things like well, that? It's, it's interesting because I would have thought the same thing. And it's, 
only getting to that place in life that probably pushed me to that much, to that extent towards depression. Because when I essentially, my focus in life up until that point was I want to play in the Premier League. I want to be, you know, doing one of my career and playing for England at some level. I want to be earning a good amount of money. And I got to a point where I had all those things. And so everything, all of all of the things that I was kind of chasing were were there. I'm still obviously with them, but it's just like continuing them as opposed to chasing them. So my mindset is now, right, you need to, my mind is now looking at the rest of my life because all of the, the problems, like the financial problems, beginning to diminish. Yeah. So because I, all of the problems that are ne- necessarily external started to go, then my mind goes, right, now we need to look at internal. And so all of those problems start to manifest because it's like, well, I haven't got any other problems in life. I didn't get that. Could you try <laughs> <that>? <laughs> 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 Cheers, cheers. Um, why don't you just, when you was free, when you was at your, before you took your life, I'm, I'm assuming this football was probably the main reason. Why don't you just retire and just go get like a, a, a job, another job? I thought about it. I got to, I think I was like, you know, 23, 24 maybe. And I, I, I was very close to just leaving. And I was going to, I'd had a, I had a plan in place. Wait, did you say 23, 24? Yeah. Your career's just started? Yeah. So you've been playing football for what? 18, 19, 20. Like five, six years. And you think this is enough, I've had enough? Yeah. I I literally had a plan I was like alright I'm going to just sell the properties that I've got and I've got a good amount of money I can just go and disappear and just go and go off and live life in, in wherever and what made you carry on? I thought I thought that I wasn't done I wasn't quite done and there was still there was still something in me that I was just like, I need to, I need to give it another crack. When did you start to drink like aggressively, like a lot? That that time when I was at Charlton. Yeah. Yeah. Are you turning up to training drunk or like? Well, I don't you... think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might have been, but it was mostly like, I'd get home from training, and I only literally live around the corner from the training ground. I get home and like, I didn't even used to have lunch at training. I used to just. Be, because I was, I was the, literally the last person to get to training probably every day and the first person to be to leave. I was like there from like there. 10 to 10 and quarter past 12, I'm, you see my car driving out and I'm home at t- half 12 and I just start drinking and I'll be drinking until the night and then go sleep, wake up, go to training, same again. Why though? I don't, I, I couldn't tell you. It was a way, of, I guess, of numbing the feeling. Are you by yourself at this point? With, like, with no, my girlfriend at the time. Not to disrespect, is she drinking with you or she's not trying to no, stop no, no. you? She, I mean, she tried, but and she did try, but what's she going to do? Where's your family at this point? What do you mean? Like, do they, do they know what you're going through? Obviously, you told me you're, um, you sent that PDF. That was, that was years later. Yeah, I know, but... Um, isn't your girlfriend telling your mum or your sister to say like like he's um, killing himself and he keeps but, drinking and stuff? It, 
it probably didn't look like that from like if if you met me you wouldn't at, even at that point you wouldn't you wouldn't have known you wouldn't have been able to under, like unless you were there every day you wouldn't have understood or you wouldn't have realized it wouldn't have made sense to you because it's still fine i could hide it very very well you know i still even if i was drinking like i wouldn't be drinking like that if i knew people were coming around okay so you know that's that's what people in you know that scenario do they're very tactile they they understand how to hide it better than probably anybody can hide anything else i hear that see now now that you're a mental health ambassador what do you hope or is there things in place for people that are going through what you went through? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the biggest thing is that people can talk about this. You know, there, there is the space, the capacity for people to have this conversation and not feel bad about this specific situation, wherever it may be, or not feel bad about or weird that they're talking about mental health. Yeah. As I said, at that time when I was, <laughs> my doctor said I should go to the priory, which I probably should have. Yeah. And this, that's the reaction that see, I had from the chairman of the club at the time. Mm. You know, that's... You're seen as a cash cow, isn't it, basically? Yeah, yeah. and that's me going, right, I, I can't talk about this, I can't address this, because if I do, there's going to be... A, that's a problem. Whereas I think now that is very much less the case. I hear that. Do you think footballers are scared to be themselves? Definitely. Like, but why, though? Like, if I'm... Press, pressure, the clubs fans all of those at the end of the day they're human isn't it like you everyone makes mistakes in it like, yeah but who like, we may care about that but the general population they go well they shouldn't be doing that they're on x amount a week mm. that's what they are they are x person on x amount a week they're not you know this person's brother this person's cousin this person's son they are just x player on x amount a week so, yeah, so they're not human to most people yeah so so what's worse, the media or the fans, like the, the football fans? I don't think there's a, a real a real difference. Like, like, I think the and the negativity between both feeds each other. Mm. You know, because when the fans are onto a player, the media kind of pick it up and kind of, you know, elevate that a bit more. Add fuel to the fire. Add fuel to the fire. And then that goes back to the fans who are seeing that in the press and they kind of... Stirs them up a bit more. You, know, you you take like Raheem Sterling when he was at Liverpool and that whole scenario could have been. It's a normal. It's a normal situation in football. Like player wants to leave, and you know it's not. Sometimes it's not about money. It's not about contract. They just want to leave. You know, if if, if a club wants a player to leave, they'll do anything. Yeah, true, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, and that's not even a thing. You know, players have wanted to leave clubs all the time, but that became a real big thing where now, see, he he decided to get. You know, abused by a Liverpool fans sometimes, or gets you know booed and stuff. And you think, well, all Izzy wanted to leave, he wants to go to a different club. Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, just, but yeah, fans are fickle, I guess, isn't it? It's football. It is. Like, it's entertainment at the end of the day, isn't it? Like, yeah. My club wants to be the best. If you're one of my best players is leaving, I'm not going to want them to leave. So I'm yeah. gonna... But if your worst player wanted to leave, that's cool. You go. But they still give him the same abuse. Not the worst. No, no, no. no. They'll still go be like, f off if... your. If there's, a, if there's a bad player, they're like, get him out. But that's still abuse, no? Like, Yeah, but it's, but my point is, is that if a player who's doing well wants to leave, the, the fans want to stop them leaving. If a player's not doing well, they want him to leave. Mm. Yeah. I, so yeah. when people talk about loyalty in football, the only thing that, the only where that, lo the only place loyalty exists within football is from fans to clubs. 
And not fans to players. Not fans to players. Not players to fans. Not players to clubs. Not clubs to players. Not clubs to fans in a lot of instances. Just fans to their club. That's the only place that loyalty purely exists within Facts. football. I never thought of it like that, to be fair. What are, like listening to your career, like what are the dark side like, of football, like the things no one talks about? You know, like all we see, like all I see is on YouTube is them laughing and giggling at training. <laughs> what sort of things are like, you know, like you said, the chairman saying, no, you can't go to concentrate on football, mm. ringing your mum, concentrate on football. What sort of things are players going through that no one knows? I mean, bullying is something that happens a lot in football. And it's masked over by banter. It's masked over by banter. Sometimes it's just seen as, like, you just think it's part of the game. Like, it's just, it's what you have to do. Because that's what the older players had to do. And that's what they told you, keep your head down. So you think, all right, that's what you do. And then you tell the younger players, just keep your head down. Whereas you kind of look, you take a step out of the scenario as you get older, or as you come out of football. And uh, you look and you go, nah, that probably weren't right. Like, you shouldn't be, like, some managers and stuff, you know, speaking to younger players in particular, kind of things that they say to them, make them do. And you just go, that, that really is bullying. Mm. Yeah. But who are we to stop it, innit? How do you stop it? You can't. Because as an ex- change the whole culture. As an ex-player, they'll go, well, like, I'm, firstly, I'm not involved in to that extent anymore. Yeah. But, Obviously, it's different, I guess, for me because of the scenario I left the game. But for someone who retired through injury or was released and didn't get another contract, they'd go, oh, he's just been bitter. He could be saying everything factual, but they'll say he's been bitter. He could be speaking about that manager previously and he'll say he's been bitter. Even if everything he says is true, it's how people perceive it. Yeah. And people don't necessarily want to take it. People don't want to hear that, you know, this is going on within the game. You know, if mental health is... It's something that is very common within football. But players have a lot. Like, there's a, a lot of players I've spoken to with mental health issues. They don't necessarily label it as such, but there are plenty. Mm. And it goes back to the thing, like you agree that players are scared to be themselves. And Massively. Mm. Because you even get told, like you go into a training ground and even as a, as a young player, you have senior players saying, oh, don't wear, don't wear this or don't wear that just in case they, they look at you like this. You know, don't wear your hat. Well, don't drive in, don't be listening to this kind of music. Mm. I hear that. Just uh, just to close, <laughs> um, as you said, from six years old, to be, your dream was to be a professional footballer. Mm. You've done it. It didn't plan out the way you wanted it to. Well, you, you, you ticked a lot, all your boxes, mm. but you had to retire early. If you could start again, would you? No. Why not? Because I've done it. It's done. You won't, you won't do anything different? No, because every, every, everything, I believe everything happens for a reason anyway. But every part of my career, every part of my life has led me to be who I am today and where mm. I am today. And I'm very happy with both of those. So if anything changed, then that changes me. You know, even down to the depression, mental health, like that side of things. Like I'm so grateful that I went through that. Okay. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't, understand myself or people to the extent or the, the depth that I do and so I'm very grateful for that fair, fair, fair way to put it now um, Marvin thank you for coming on man thank you for sharing and I hope people are listening to your the way you planned your career and how you, how much research you put into it and yeah. 
I'm glad you're in a good place now. Uh, thank you for man. coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Nah, no worries, bro. Quick fire round. Favorite player? Messi. Most skillful player you faced? Wolf, Saha. Uh, favorite pre match meal? It's pasta. <laughs> Biggest adrenaline rush you've had in football? Probably scoring my first goal. First ever goal. What's your superstition before a game? I just can't remember. It's been a while, you know. <laughs> you don't have one when you play? Nah. Nah? Um, worst trainer at best on a match day? Ooh. There's, there's no one that stands out. I can't remember. Nah. Uh, Probably you when you was going through your little... Could have been me, you know. <laughs> um, most embarrassing moment? <laughs> Taking a free kick that hit the stand. <laughs> What, the top of the stand? <laughs> you know. Well, it, was, it was close to it. It was high. <laughs> um, what's your initiation song? Um, I've, I don't have one because I've done, I've had, I, I played for like eight clubs or something. Yeah. So I did remember, so many initiation songs. <laughs> Do you remember the last one you done? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember now. Well, fair enough. Um, any regrets? No. No? Thank you for coming on, bro. Nice right. one, man.